Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 43. If you've nailed down your plan for revenue generation and business growth in the coming year, and you're sleeping like a baby at night, you can stop listening now. But if you're like many CEOs and business leaders, you're still losing sleep over how to make the coming year a success. And so we bring you the next installment of our quarter four business impact series, where we give business leaders the insights and ideas of today's top thought leaders. In episode 41, we talked about ruthless prioritization with Jennifer Eggers. And in episode 42, we talked about chaos tolerance with Dr. Rachel M.K. Headley. And I'll say this, talking with these two women has literally changed the way I approach my business and relationships. So don't miss episodes 41 and 42. Go ahead and download them now, or better yet, subscribe so you never miss an episode. In this episode, we feature another guest who is at the top of her game, Julie Holmes. Julie is an inventor, founder, serial entrepreneur, and innovation and tech strategist. She is an award-winning speaker and tech strategist who has guided tens of thousands of people in why, when, and how to leverage technology effectively. In this conversation, we go beyond technology and into something more fundamentally powerful, how to leverage personal philosophy and process for revenue generation and business growth. Listen and learn what personal philosophy CEOs are embracing to surmount resource and recruitment challenges. Why process is better than innovation to generate revenue. And how to use Julie's four-step process for revenue generation and growth during uncertain times. Let's listen in to this conversation with Julie Holmes. Hello, Julie, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Tara. Oh, you are so welcome, Julie. And as you know, we're doing our quarter four business impact series to help CEOs and business leaders as they plan for the new year. We have so much uncertainty and change in our world that losing sleep is becoming the norm. 
and we don't want anyone losing sleep. So we're doing our part here to bring the insights and ideas of thought leaders to CEOs and business leaders so they can plan now for success in 2022 and beyond. And Julie, I had the privilege of being a part of your audience at the National Speakers Association's annual conference back in 2019. And yeah, a long time ago, the good yes. old days, right? Seems, it seems forever ago. It seems ages ago, Tara. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and your focus on innovation and technology secrets for success in a constantly evolving world makes you the perfect guest for this business impact series, where again, we're, we're working to help CEOs and business leaders as they plan for the new year. So can we get into that a little bit? Can we maybe start with what you're seeing and hearing that's keeping CEOs and biz leader, business leaders up at night? And then if you would share your perspective and insights on those things, and then maybe some concrete strategies that um, leadership can use now as they plan for success in the coming year. I'd be delighted. Um, you know, what I think has been most interesting is that, is that I think everyone is still a little bit shaken from a leadership perspective. Um, and almost, I want to say that what I'm seeing is almost a little bit of post, a post-traumatic stress. syndrome. Mm, it's a good way you to know, like, it, yeah. they, they didn't have, they didn't have time to worry when everything was going down. So when all of a sudden they were being challenged to get everybody out of the office in a week or less, Mm. like they didn't have time to worry about it. They just had to roll up their sleeves and get it done. You know, when they were, you know, working their way through the worst of the the lockdowns and the pandemic, it was a lot of heads down, just getting getting by day to day, making things happen. And now what I'm seeing most when I talk to leaders is that, you know, the world is slowly coming back to a new sense of normal. I won't say that it's coming back to normal because I think normal is forever different. And I think we will forever see that normal being different. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I'm seeing is that all the same kinds of challenges that they might have experienced pre-pandemic, they're experiencing now, but much more magnified. Mm -hmm. So for example, they, um, the number one thing, of course, that I'm hearing about is resourcing, right? Where do I, and not just resourcing people, but resourcing goods and supplies. Mm. So, you know, you know, just huge shortages of manufactured materials and particularly depending on the industry. So there's a lot of concerns around that. There are a lot of concerns around um, resourcing and staffing. And there's a lot of, a lot of interest and concerns around keeping clients and partners and relationships strong. So the the world has shifted and in that shift, there is suddenly massive movement. It's as if, it's as if all, all hands are on deck. Anybody could go anywhere. Anybody could do anything. Anything could change. Hmm. Yeah. And I like the way, you know, you, you um, started out talking about how it was really just like, um, do you really didn't have, you know, time to think about it uh, as, as those changes were coming upon us at lightning speed. Um, and so you, you got it done. And so yeah. now there is a little bit more leeway, like you said, if we're coming back to this normal, that is not our previous normal, but the normal that has been uh, established for us, if you will. But there are these new challenges, particularly around resourcing, you know, yeah. And definitely if we think about things like the great resignation as it's being yeah. called, or, you know, some people are even calling it 
the great reshuffle because sometimes people are just moving from one place to another because there are new opportunities that are opening up from all those people's people leaving. But then also all of the really the supply line sort of things, right? We're going to have those issues there. And that's huge uncertainty for sure. So, so very interesting. So, so what do you think, what, what, um, what, what, and I know again, technology is a big part of what you talk about and innovation in general. So what are your insights and, and uh, what do you think um, is, you know, the way that people should start thinking about it or start preparing uh, for this success? You know, I was, I interview, um, I interviewed a couple of, of business leaders not too long ago for a program that I was delivering to their company. And it was, I really took something away from one of my conversations because what he said was, and this was actually in a professional services industry, but he said that, that what he was seeing was that for the first time businesses and even his own business was getting unstuck, you know, that what COVID did was it unstuck businesses. Interesting. And I thought that's so what an interesting perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Tell a little more. Is it that they just when you're forced almost that? Well, I think, I think what it was and, and the way that he described it and the more I thought about it and the more I researched, I could absolutely see where that was such a great way to describe it. And I think that's even what's happened with people. You know, we are, you know, we have a, a natural trajectory, And we're just going to keep going on that path unless something significant breaks our stride. And that's really what COVID did. Mm. So for businesses, it was a lot of no's, a lot of we can'ts, a lot of it's always been done this way. And all of a sudden, this big, massive shift in the world happened and they didn't have that excuse anymore. They couldn't use that, that statement anymore. To them, it didn't feel like an excuse. It just felt like a whole list of insurmountable challenges right. and, you know, things that they could get to when they got to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't a priority. And, and, you know, it seemed too hard and it seemed like it was going to cost too much. And then all of a sudden, you know, they were basically ripped out of their comfort zone. They were yeah. unstuck out of their comfort zone. And now, now they kind of were like, actually, do you know what? We, we really could do. I mean, we really could do just about, if we could do that. Surely we could do just about anything. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, sky's the limit. And I think that's a little bit of what's happened as well with personnel, right? When you think about the people that work for a company, their priorities shifted, right? All of a sudden they made massive adjustments in their family lives. You know, many of them, I mean, I live, you know, I live, you know, where commuting is really common. And, you know, those long commutes that are an hour long or even longer in many instances, people suddenly realized, you know what, actually, I, I, I don't necessarily like that hour long commute every single day, twice a day. And I don't think I feel like I want to do that anymore or life is short and I want to enjoy more of it. Yeah. So that whole unstuck philosophy, I think has crossed, crossed all areas. The good news is, is that that same unstuck philosophy can actually apply and benefit businesses right now more than ever before, because this is your chance as a business leader, all of you who are listening right now, this is your chance to use your unstuck position to look at your business through a new lens to look at your clients and your partners and your relationships and your products and your services in completely new ways 
to look at everything from your operations to your sales and determine if that is the best way to operate the most efficient way, because you're not stuck anymore. So anything that you've said a hundred times in the last year, oh my gosh, that would be so much where we could, I should say two years ago, I was so, there's no way we could have do, we no way we could do that. We can't change that. That's just, it's what we've always done. Good news. You don't have that excuse anymore because if you can move your entire office offsite in a matter of days, I promise you could do anything. You could figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's funny on that. Um, I also um, had Jennifer Eggers, uh, one of our NSA colleagues on, and she talked about um, somebody in a a big company saying um, about the idea of doing Zoom calls. I forget the exact number, but he said, you know, or she said, we've done uh, maybe 3000 over the past X amount of times. There's no way that this could ever work on a large scale. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) you know, we, we, people were forced to to work from home and zoom became the uh, the way to do it and it went up like whatever yeah. you know into the hundreds of thousands of calls so it's exactly what you're talking about right where there was this inertia and this sense of gee we can't we can't there's no way oh we have to let's get it done and we do yeah. so i i can relate and i think that too is why um, what, you know, what I mentioned before, a lot of people are talking about this great resignation, but there's also this thought about it being the great reshuffle, that it really is just people yeah. saying, wow, well, so that we, there's new opportunity here. And so they're doing movement rather than just leaving the workforce. I mean, there are definitely people leaving the workforce, but a lot of people moving from one place to another too. So not just, you know, resignation, but reshuffling. Wow. Really, really interesting. So then can we get um, into a little bit of, about thinking of those things? How can, business leaders really take advantage of this? What are some sort of concrete uh, takeaways or even strategies to really capitalize on these ideas? A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep. Dot com. Well, I'm going to give you a couple, if I may. Can I yeah, be so bold? Okay. The first one that I would say, and this is one of the things that I'm hearing from CEOs. Um, in fact, I was um, I was working with a, a group at a CEO um, roundtable session, and you know we had 100 CEOs in the room, and one of the things that we were focusing on was around experience. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for that quick and easy and, and really manageable way to make a difference, go for the experience. The experience is going to make or break everything in the coming months. And so think about, go for the experience. So absolutely. The experience of your clients. What mm-hmm. is their experience from the second they start thinking about you until the second you offboard them until they stop doing business with you? What is that experience for them? Gotcha. That, that feeling and those emotions are all still running really high. So consider all those emotions and know that everybody is looking at every relationship through a microscope right now. Mm. And in terms of that, of that great resignation, guess what? That also comes down to experience as well. So what is the experience of your team, of your staff from the second you put out a job description until somebody exits the company. Mm. 
you know, are, what is that experience that you're giving them? You know, mm-hmm. there's a, you know, when it comes to somebody who is a specialist, um, you know, in that whole kind of uh, employee experience world, Nora Burns is definitely somebody to go and check out her work. But that is, to me, you know, the stories that she tells about an employee's first day and being an employee undercover mm-hmm. and going in and experiencing the first day and really thinking about what somebody sees, what they hear, what they feel, what they're given, what they're not given, right. you know, that makes a big difference in how people are reacting right now. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's a great, you know, a great point. I was reading something recently, some research that was done that said like two out of five adults are now reporting either symptoms of anxiety and or depression, right? Because with all the uncertainty and all that, it leads to, you know, less, uh, it yeah. leads to cognitive dissonance. Let's put it that way. That can result in negative feelings. And so, yes, then you're right. How somebody experiences you is going to make a really, tremendous different at at any point we know that but probably particularly so now so that's fantastic I love that experience so focus on experience that's the first one yeah the second big tip that I would share is that when it comes to needing to re-engineer you know you know jumpstart rethink anything about your business there's a lot of panic I think that happens where people go I've got to come up with some great idea Mm. And I always think, well, that's great. Inspiration is lovely, but it's super unreliable. (laughs) So (laughs) what's better than inspiration is process. And there are a lot of great process-based innovation strategies and structures so that you aren't relying on a bolt of lightning to give you your next big idea, but instead you have actual systems in place Mm -hmm. that help you analyze and and identify new opportunities. So for example, I'll, I'll share one if I may. Yeah, that okay? yeah, Do we have yeah. enough time? Yeah. Um, and I'll go through this quickly, but it's a four-step process. And this four-step process, step one, and this is all from the now, now, new, new approach. So in the now, now, new, new approach that I talk about, step one is to truly document and understand everybody you sell to today and everything that you sell them. Hmm. So what is everything you have in your kit bag right now? Because if you're struggling with revenue, which may be keeping you up as a leader, mm-hmm. first, first thing is, is go find all the easy money. And all the easy money is to sell what you already have to the people who already know, like, and trust you. Makes sense. Yeah. Level two, level two, if you've exhausted that resource, level two is to then say, what new products could I offer that same market of people? So before we start going off and going, I need some new green field opportunity. You don't, you really don't. That's a big, huge no. Instead, what you want to do is stretch. And the first way that we stretch is we stretch by finding new products that we can offer to the clients who already know, like, and trust us. Mm. We always go after the market we already have first because they are the easiest market to reach. And they're a market that we already know. Yeah. Yeah. They so know from you. A they're speed already to market. Yeah. yeah. Makes perfect sense. Okay. Step three, now, if you've done step two, and now you're still looking for more revenue opportunities or ways to stretch your business, then step three is now we look for new markets who would be interested in the products that we already have. Mm, So I've already made a list of all the products I've ever served. And and those could be products. They could be services. It doesn't matter. Everything Mm -hmm. that you sell your thing. Yeah. 
Now, who else would benefit from that service? So now you can stretch out and find new niche opportunities, right? So perhaps you've been delivering your product or service to manufacturing companies, and it turns out that with very little modification, you could actually deliver that same thing to distribution companies. Um, so, you know, same thing, you've worked with big businesses, but actually you actually have all the right resources to support small businesses too. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to stretch to a new market. Remember that you always do two before three, because three is going to take you longer because you have to build trust. Right. Right. As opposed to building products. Yeah. Step four, step four is surrounded. I want you to imagine it. Step four is an Island and around this Island is 10 feet of fire. If you really want to get to the island, you could get to the island, but you are going to suffer to get there. And that's because number four is new products for new markets. Yeah. <laughs> this is Greenfield. Uh-huh. So every time somebody says, we need to come up with something new, they almost always try to come up with something that is going to be a new product with a new market so they can get this whole new channel of revenue. But the problem is, and let me just translate what that means, this new, new means new business. Yeah. And so if you have the time and the energy to go start a new business, credit to you. But most people are looking to stretch their business, not to create a new one. Mm. So just wanted to give you an example of, you know, there's a systematic approach to look at how to innovate your business in a way that actually is significantly less stressful because you have a process behind it. And you're not just waiting for some fabulous, you know, lightning bolt from the sky to make everything better. Right. Oh, I love it, Julie, because it really is starting with what you have and then working away. And what you have is always going to be easier than going into something completely novel. So I love that. And because it's, you know, works very systematically, it allows you to really stay on track too. So perfect. I love it. Thank you so much for that. All right. Well, as we wrap up here, I want to ask you the two questions that I ask each guest on the Counterfeit Sleep podcast. So the first one is, what would you put on a billboard to convey what you think is really important for somebody to know. And remember with a billboard, it's a relatively small piece of real estate and people tend to go buy it at a relatively fast rate. So what what do you think you would put on there, Julie? Find joy. Find joy. Oh, what makes you say that? I I think that's the answer to almost everything. You know, the world is full of uncertainty and the world is full of stress, but the world is also full of joy. Mm. And if we aren't actively out looking for it and finding those moments where we can smile, where we can make other people smile, whether we're finding joy for ourselves or helping other people find it, like to me, what's the point? Like, you know, smile, find happiness, you know, share it with other people. Everything else will sort itself out. Yeah. I love that, that it's not business focused because it, it, uh, we have so much going on right now that if we don't find a way to have the joy, as you said, to find it, to make ourselves aware of it, it we're not going to bring as much as we can to our business. So I love that it's completely beyond the business thing. It actually reminds me of a, um, a conversation I heard with Jerry Seinfeld one time, the comedian, and he said he had talked to George Burns early on, you know, in his career, early on in Jerry's career. And, uh, and George had said, you know, make the point of finding the pleasure, really let it sink in. He's like, if you know, if you go into a coffee shop and it's a really Mm. good cup of coffee, 
sit there and say to yourself, this is a really good cup of coffee, you know, or if you get that great parking spot, say to yourself, oh, I've got a parking spot. This is excellent. Because you're right, we need to bring those positive things in those really joyful things in to kind of sustain us, I think, as we go into the other one. So I love that. Find joy. Beautiful. All right. And then here's the second question for you, Julie. Uh, How would people connect with you? Oh, the easiest way to connect with me is on my website. So my website is julieholmes.com. And through there, you can find out more information about who I am, what I do. You can contact me through there. Um, Yeah, I'm there to help. Excellent. I will definitely put that in the show notes. And like I said, in the beginning, having seen you speak at, uh, you know, at the National Speakers Associations Conference, I would recommend to everybody to contact you to get get you to speak to your your their organizations. Really wonderful. Uh, you're wonderful up on stage. Wonderful here one on one, too. But wonderful on stage as well. Well, Julie, I thank you so much for sharing all your insights. And um, really, you know, your, your thought leadership on this is terrific. And I, I think it's, we should all go find some joy after this. <laughs> well, this has been my joy. So thank you very much, Tara. Well, thank you. A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.